Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Kate Hamilton Health Podcast. So today's episode, I talk with Troy Sutton. So Troy is an online coach. He's a TikToker, a YouTuber, a bodybuilder, and all of these things, he is only 20 years old. So you, some of you might know him, you might follow him, or he might show up on your For You page or your newsfeed on Instagram or TikTok, uh, Troy J Fitness. And he does really witty videos that are, you know, they're funny, but they're also educational about, you know, how to do different movements in the gym or just different misconceptions around fitness. And he really is making a difference in um, helping young guys become confident in the gym and in themselves and helping them reach their goals. His dream, I suppose, is to help others achieve their dream body and being confident and enjoying every second in the process. And that's exactly what he's doing. So we talk a little bit in this conversation about what it was like for him growing up with social media, which is something that obviously myself and probably most of you listening didn't get to experience what that was like. And as a mother, that was a really interesting side to the conversation, thinking about what's ahead for my children. Um, he talks a lot about how he managed to resist peer pressure and mindset goals and focus and how he was able to achieve that kind of mindset and that focus at such a young age to achieve his goals. We took a talk then a bit as well about his business, about bodybuilding. And then we talk a lot about as well how he's managed to build this positive community for young men that, you know, our, us women are great at kind of rallying around each other and building community, whereas guys are not as good at doing that. And a lot of that is going to the pub and, you know, or not or, you know, watching football together. But there, a lot of men are not great at, um, I suppose, rallying around each other and spending time together. And um, he's building this community of young men where instead of going to the pub, they go to the gym. And they talk about they talk about other guy things as well, but that they talk about fitness and about their goals. And it's a really, really positive thing, I think, that he is doing. So it was a really interesting conversation and a bit different to my any of my previous guests. And um, I really hope you enjoy it because I definitely learned a lot from this conversation and have taken plenty from it. So I hope you do, too. So without further ado, enjoy. Troy, thank you so much for coming to talk to me today. Thank you for having me on. Um, so I suppose, where do I start? Um, let's start where you are now. Okay, so you've moved. To, I'll do a little recap and then you, you can kind of expand a little bit more. You've moved to Dubai. You're running a one-to-one -one coaching business. You've achieved quite a bit so far already in your bodybuilding career. Your Instagram is up at over 600,000 followers. Your TikTok is over a million followers. And you're growing a YouTube channel now. Have I forgotten anything? No, no. That's, that's, well, that's pretty much it. I suppose there's there's a lot more I could I could chat on about. But I suppose the main thing is just kind of running the the one to one and and moving out to Dubai and more so the bodybuilding. I've kind of took a break for it at the moment though because it's kind of like very stressful on the mindset as well. And as soon as you start bodybuilding or any type of physique development or anything like that, it kind of takes away from the business as well. So I felt as soon as I started the bodybuilding, I took, I took a step back because the, the coaching business kind of took a hit because it wasn't really your, your main baby. Now it was like prep, being in the best shape of your life. And it kind of takes a lot from it. So stepped away from the bodybuilding for now, trying to grow the next two, two years or so, but mainly focusing on the, the coaching business now. Fantastic. And yeah, so growing for the next couple of years will be fun. That means you just get to eat lots, train lots and focus on your business. I don't even, I don't even like eating though. That's, that's the thing. Like... Especially, it kind of builds the mindset, especially when you do some form of photo shoot, bodybuilding, or, or any type of cut in general. It's like that feeling of being at your lowest body fat. You're you're so confident. You're like, let's get more photos, take a couple more. But then when you're bulking, you're like, don't take a photo of me. I'm insecure, do you know what I mean? And, and that feels like the unhealthy mindset as such. But now that I'm growing, I, I don't enjoy it. Like, I can't wait to get back into the cut as well. And I'd say probably the mind, like the mindset side of things where, you know, it's difficult you, yeah, you don't like the feeling of having, let's say, extra weight on you. You don't like having the extra food in you, if you like. But then also the heat where you're living now, I can't oh, imagine makes it easy. To, honestly, I think, to I eat. think, especially when whenever I was on holidays as a kid, like in Lanzarote or whatever, wherever it may be, the eating side of things, it was just drinking water. It was just constantly drinking water. You wouldn't even feel hungry. And here, it's very hard. So I'm just kind of living off 
shapes now because it's it's obviously the form of liquid. I'm thirsty as it is, so I'm like, okay, the only way I can do this is by just taking gainer shakes. So I have like three gainer shakes a day. And it's terrible. I know, like I should be getting my food and all into me, but I've no choice. I cannot eat in this heat. It's it's terrible. Like forty three degree heat. The last thing I want to do is have uh, like a peanut butter rice cake or something. So. Yeah, yeah, not fun at all. Um, and just to give people an idea, then, so you're building for the next two years. You're obviously you you obviously will go down the bodybuilding route in a little while. You probably you I'm sure you have goals that you want to achieve further down the line there. So you're going to be looking to build muscle. Um, for people who don't really know what that's about, like what on on average, what are you kind of calorie wise eating to build gradually over the next? Yeah, years? so at the moment I'm currently on roughly around four thousand calories because obviously everyone's different with my current age, height, weight. It comes in roughly around my maintenance calories around three thousand six hundred. So it's not really ideal because the amount of activity I do as well, like I enjoy my evening walks, I enjoy my morning walks, and I go really hard in the gym as well. So that's extra calorie expenditure. So. I'm going to need a shit on the calories in order to grow. At the moment, it's like trying to put on even like a kilo every three weeks is a struggle for me. I'm like, I need more calories, but is it possible? No. So we're taking it slowly, but surely. And we're kind of eating a sustainable amount of calories. But currently up eight kilos in 15 weeks, which is decent. Uh, but obviously I wanted to kind of go a bit faster as well. Yeah. How old are you, Troy? I'm 20. I nearly said 19, but I only turned 20 like six days ago because it's, it's hit me now. I'm like, I'm not a teenager no more. I'm like, no. You're not a teen. Oh, yeah, and I think that's a really important point. I'm sure you're probably sick of people being like, oh, you're so young and you've achieved all this so young. But you have won three different bodybuilding competitions as a teenager. Am I right? Correct. And then you have grown. So, uh, so when I met you, we were both working in Gojin in Greystones. And very quickly... Everything seemed to take off for you. Now you're in Dubai, you're running your own business. I presume business is going really well. And um, it all, you know, from the outside, it all seems like very quick. You know, this like people like to kind of phrase it as like an overnight success. Now, I know better than that, that there's always a lot like a long grind in the lead up to um, people becoming successful. So what I suppose I would love for you to share would be what has gotten you to where you are today? Like, what's what was the what's the journey been like behind the scenes? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's funny the way you said that as well. Like overnight success, everyone always asks you, like, what's your secret? When the, the struggle is, there there is no secret. And if there was, I'd be I'd be a lot further than I am today. Even though people may seem that I'm successful at the moment, like I see, I think probably when you started like the the full content making, it really hits you. You're like, wow, this this is gonna take time. Type of thing. But uh, yeah, I, so I suppose what a lot of people didn't see is, especially when I was working in Go Gym, like there had been times that I'm at the desk and I'd be nearly falling asleep because I was up at 4 a.m. like before the gym opened, making content. And then while I'm in work, sneakily trying to edit it for myself. And it was like, it was, it was a real struggle because like at, at times I was working really 80 to 90 hours a week because I was also working in Go Gym, but I was also working evenings up in Swords in Dublin at Jinkles Coffee. I don't think even you guys knew that, but um, yeah, I was working two jobs at once as well, trying to film this content and all. And it was, re- it was really hard, I won't lie. But I, I suppose the only thing that got me to where I am today is just running a consistency and really believing in myself. Because I did say to myself last year that this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to achieve it. And I suppose when you give yourself that self-belief, anything is possible. Yeah. And like, so it wasn't even when you were working all of these hours it wasn't like let's say what I'm doing now two shifts a week and go gym and it's manageable and I can still kind of run my own business alongside that you were working 40 hours a week yeah no I, I know I know yeah and I, I think what I loved about it it was it was just a grind like I was only young as well uh, go gym was actually my first ever job so I think when when I first got that I just think when I saw a bit of the money rolling and I just used every single sense that I made from go gym just for content making like new bikes camera equipment whether it be hiring editors i just kind of I, and that's why i enjoyed it so much and that's why i'm so thankful for the opportunity that coaching gave me and as well as gym plus coffee the only reason i worked extra hours was just so i could fund this dream that i had yeah yeah and the thing about go gym is is it's such a lovely environment to be in and i think it's a great environment to grow in because you're surrounded by fitness all the time and it it's just there's just a lovely atmosphere around the place i think yeah, no, it, it's a great gym for sure. And I'm, I'm actually coming back quite soon as well. So I'm excited to come back and maybe at the gym session and see some of the guys that obviously haven't seen in quite a, quite a while. 
Yeah. Are you coming back just for a holiday? Is it? No, I'm. I'm. I'm actually coming back for my mum's birthday. Oh, lovely, lovely. So um, she doesn't like, know yet. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, she doesn't see this podcast. Yeah, yeah I'm sure she. Yeah, I'm sure she won't. It's fine. <laughs> um, so this work ethic, right? So you're working. What did you say? Eighty hours a week. Some. Yeah, uh, just just in and around that. Yeah, in around eighty hours a week, which is double the amount of what most people would work. So working this hard, you had this dream. You were like, I I know what exactly what I want to do. And I know that I just need to be really, really disciplined with these daily habits, these weekly habits to just get shit done, basically. Where do you get that at age? Like, because when I met you, you were what, 18? Where do you get that at 18? Because most 18 year olds are lying in bed till midday and, you know, out drinking till 3 a.m. And where did this come from? I I think I think it was that, like seeing other people the way they were doing absolutely nothing with their lives. Uh, just sitting in bed drinking as you mentioned I think that's just not what I want and I, th- I don't know when I was 18 I just said there's something better in of me I knew there was something there was something in me so like for an example I said to my mother I was like right so I want you to start setting bills for me so I like learn the adult life so like rent whatever maybe food shopping and stuff like that so as soon as I got go gym job I was like right treat me as an adult here I know I'm only 18 when my first job but treat me as an adult I want to like learn adult life learn income and how most of it realistically that you earn goes straight to whether it be rent, food, kids, whatever it may be. So I was kind of preparing for that life. And then when I started working 40 hours, I was like, this isn't actually a whole lot. So I was like, right, well, now there's another 40 hours available for me in Jim Plus Coffee. So I've done that. And then I was like, right, well, realistically, when, although I'm very grateful for the opportunity that Gojin gave me, I knew that it wasn't for me to listen to someone or like to follow someone's commands. I knew that there was something in it for myself and I didn't necessarily want to stay in that environment for the rest of my life. Depending on like how much hours I worked, that's how much I got paid. I wanted it to be to a point where I could walk away from my business and go on holiday for two weeks and still have the same income, if that makes sense. So I said, well, it's, it's not really for me. I don't want to be struggling with bills when I'm older and I'm at a quite a decent age that I could build a good future for myself. So I said, well, in a realistic time frame, when could I get to Dubai? When could I own a business and when could I be successful? And I said, well, fuck it. Within six months, whatever deadline I give myself. So I said, right, well, six to 12 months of working 80 hours a week. Is it worth it to a chance that I could be living in Dubai with a successful coaching company, working for myself, uh, being financially stable and stuff like that? I said, is it worth it? Of, of course. So every single day I woke up for work, there was never a moment I said, oh, I, I could be arsed. I was just kind of like one step closer to being at that dream. So I was enjoying it. And just like the, were you just born with this ambition or is it something like that your parents instilled in you? I think it was my dad that kind of instilled in me. He kind of said, especially when I was like 15, 16, when I started at the gym with him, because he was an ex-bodybuilder as well. We built a gym out of back garden and I was just kind of like lifting weights for fun and stuff like that. And he was like, how cool would it be? Because it was like, it was his dream as well. So like, you know, the way most parents are like, oh, well, I want a footballer. So like, you should try following the footsteps type of thing. It wasn't like forced into me, but it was definitely recommended. He was like, imagine like owning your own gym or, you know, working for yourself, got to do with fitness. And I said, that would be amazing. So after a while falling into love with, with the dumbbells out in my shed, I said, you know, this dream is definitely worth chasing. But I suppose I had my teenage years around 16 to 17. Obviously in Ireland, it's quite normal to be drinking at that age. But uh, yeah. that's when I had my fun. But then I think it was around my 18th birthday, I just decided to cap it off and say, right, well, it's time to chase my dreams. So That's it. That's so fascinating. Um, I wonder, and I was thinking about this earlier um, when I was thinking about this conversation, because I think back to myself of being 18, 19, 20, and like thinking I knew what I wanted, but not really knowing what I wanted, but also kind of not believing in myself and also not knowing the potential of what was out there, if that makes sense. And I'm wondering, like, obviously, you know, your upbringing and, you know, your general, you know, deeply kind of inbuilt ambition. But do you think that growing up with social media, because that would be a huge difference between me and you, let's say, that I was a teenager in the 2000s. Like, in, yeah, was it? Yes. Yeah, in the early 2000s, I would have been yeah. a teenager. Don't be laughing at me, Troy. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you grew up with social media. So social media only became... A thing like so I like I got my first phone when I was 14 like a Nokia 5110 I know my listeners will know what I'm talking about <laughs> but I could break never played snake on and you could text your friends and that was it but that was when I was 14 when that first came out so then social media obviously is only recent years so I'm interested to hear the perspective of kind of what you were exposed to on social media and what experience that is 
growing up because I know a lot of my listeners will have like, you know, like my oldest son is 13. So we're heading into that territory. So I'm just kind of interested to hear from someone who has made it a success for them. I think you could, it can, you, it can be a good thing or a bad thing. There's no in between. Um, I think you could be either trapped into the, and, and there was a study that came out as well that like most 16, 17, all the way up to 21 year olds, then they're like attached to their phone nowadays. Their attention span is no more than like 15 seconds. And that's why in courses that we have with social media, we're learning how to hook people in because a lot of people don't have the attention span to just sit there and be patient. So if you don't attract someone in within the first five seconds, they swipe past and that's how bad attention, attention spans are with kids nowadays. And obviously it's affecting their schoolwork because they don't have the, the ability to sit down and, and listen to a teacher. It's not something about football or it's not something about boxing or whatever it may be. But I suppose I kind of used it to my advantage. When I was 16 and 17, of course I didn't. But when I was 18, I said to myself, there's so much opportunities. Like you can literally do whatever you want. Um, got to do with an income. Like you could do drop shipping. You could do anything like we got to do with making money or anything. So if you can make money online, well, then there's obviously some sort of like benefit to it. So I kind of looked into it a little bit more and I said, the way you could monetize your education. So of course, our niche is fitness. So the way we can monetize our, our fitness content is by actually helping people. And then I said, well, I love helping people as well, because like there's no better feeling than, I don't know, coming home with flowers from your mom on Mother's Day or something like that and just spreading that kind of positive energy. So I said, well, what would I love to do? I, I would love to change people's appearance and like people that come to me struggling losing fat and then turning that into a type of thing where they're so confident in themselves, they can sit on the beach and they can say, not that it was all because of me, of course, it's, it's too perfect thing. It's a team when it's like a client's coach, but I suppose when I could pass that positive information on and give people the education that a lot of people think that fitness is so hard nowadays and it's so hard to be in shape when it's just like a, a, a tiny bit of a, a mindset switch and as well, like your daily habits that can change your life forever. So I suppose just monetizing that education through through social media was a, a big powerful thing for me. Yeah. And is that like, so you're, uh, were you following things like that on social media? Because I think like a huge thing that even with my own clients that I try and get them to do is a huge kind of social media clear out, get rid of all the negative shit, get rid of the news, get rid of the gossip magazines that are going to tell you something about someone that doesn't matter you know the news that's going to tell you about something horrible that's happened to someone across the country that you know do you need to know this negative information that you're constantly being fed and, and doing a huge kind of clean up there and I think then young people are it, it, obviously it very much depends on the person what they're following but were you following these kind of motivational people these business people these fitness people to help you kind of form this this dream yeah, I suppose like it's a very contra controversial subject, but and I know a lot of people don't like him, but I was mainly following Andrew Tate for the positives. Like he kind of he kind of gave me that motivation to kind of get up and 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 really make worth of my life instead of just sitting around and doing nothing and kind of like increase your value uh, as a man, not just as a man, just increase your value as, as a full stop. So I so I suppose I know it's a very controversial subject, but I think definitely he following him. And like of like Jordan Peterson and everyone that was just kind of saying that there's no point sitting around and, and like what would what would be the feeling of buying your man's mortgage off or like you know paying for your mom to come and visit you on the buy and stuff like that. Uh, and I know obviously everything's not about money; it's about happiness as well. But the the ability to be able to take care of my family is is the biggest thing for me. So I suppose when I was when I was following Andrew Tate and stuff like that, and they were kind of influencing the fact that just try and make worth of your life. I think that was definitely the thing that pushed me over the edge to keep going. Yeah. And I think, I think you're a really, really good role model for young guys. Like that, the, the message that you put out and even your social media, just for anyone, like any of my listeners that uh, some of them might follow you and might know you already on social media and other people might not. But if they have any, anyone listening who has teenage sons, I bet you they, they do follow you. Um, because your social media, like it's very, like your videos that you put up, Yo, Troy, it's all, it, you know, it's funny, it's entertaining, but it's also educational and it's really, really practical stuff. So you're showing young guys how to do moves, pro movements properly in the gym um, by making like a funny kind of like you do a, I'm just explaining for others, obviously. And um, yeah. there, there's two of you. So there's Troy and then, then there's a person talking to Troy and Troy's always doing something fucking stupid. And <laughs> oh no, Troy, no, the other person's doing something stupid, isn't it? And then you're Troy telling them what to do honestly right. I've, I've lost track nowadays it's just completely randomized like people try people try like text me and we're like so i'm just trying to understand is troy mostly the dumb fuck 
or is through the coach. And then I'm just like, honestly, I, I don't even know nowadays. It's just whatever I stand, hey, I go with. But like, yeah, I, I suppose I, I said to myself as well when I was going to start making content, I said, well, how could I stand out? Because obviously there's so much people doing voiceovers. There's so much people just doing form checks. And I said, well, I don't want to be boring. I kind of want to involve my personality as much as possible. And that's why I curse in my videos. And uh, not a lot of people like it, but then the people that do like it is the people I want around. Because honestly, as an Irish person, you probably know yourself, don't cursing isn't like a offensive thing to us. It's kind of in our vocabulary. Um, so I think Americans kind of love Irish people's content because they're so outgoing. They're so um, down for the crack as such. But yeah, when I said I was making content, I said I needed to stand out. So I said, what better way to do it to help people is by relating to them. So one of my uh, personalities, obviously, one of the people in the videos is kind of saying you're not alone, that this guy is struggling with you too. And whether it be yeah. a form check or whether it be trying to lose fat or whether it's doing steps, like everyone's seen the videos of like, oh, I do 50 sit-ups a day, you're going to have a six-pack. So it's like kind of replicating what they're currently doing to make them relate and trust you and understand because, like, if I was sitting there with my top off with a six-pack and I'm just telling people how to do this fat, it, it almost seems like you're just trying to sell them something or you're just a, you're just a plonker in general. So <laughs> I, I suppose I was just trying to say that I understand them. I may have been through some of these stuff before, and if I haven't been through them, I understand you. And there's easy ways to get around them, so that's why there's two different people so they can relate to it. Yeah, no, it's really, really effective, and it is... It like guys will be able to and not just guys girls as well but in like I would imagine a lot of people who really relate to you will be young guys that are want to start in the gym want to start building muscle don't really know what to do and it it's just really really relatable and I think it's it's a, it, it's interesting because what you say there as well about you just being yourself and getting your personality through is the exact same thing that I was talking to Sean Casey yesterday and how how simple his method of coaching and producing content is he's literally just on camera being himself and people relate to it because people can see it and there's so much shit out there and especially people who are in extremely good shape like you are um and come on show off the six packs all the time and be like oh yeah like you say buy my program and you can look like me when they're being and we talked a bit about this yesterday how people are so not transparent about the cost of getting lean like what it actually is. So then if we take this to a female perspective, if if you're looking at a girl on Instagram and she looks great all the time, I, we were talking about how they have to do, to do some serious dieting. There's a lot of kind of unhealthy habits that go into place to get that lean. They do a photo shoot. They get photos that they can use all year round. And what people don't realize is people don't look like that all year round. And I thought it would be really interesting to kind of get that from an actual bodybuilder's perspective. Yeah, it's, I suppose that's that's definitely why you know, the bad habits that are taken up on on being lean, not only physical habits as well, but like mentally, you you kind of are very much harder on yourself as soon as you go into a gaming phase. But for me, that's already been true. Obviously, I still struggle with it. The, the whole idea of not being lean is terrible. So that's why I kind of stay semi-lean year-round. That's actually maintainable. Not photo shoot or not, not stage ready now, but like to a point where you can still feel relatively in good shape. But especially with my clients as well that do photo shoot, I do a lot of photo shoot preps and my clients do build these bad habits where we try and make sure that we kind of stay in a normal lifestyle and a normal routine while all throughout this instead of like, okay, well, no carbohydrates, 15,000 steps a day, an era of cardio. And that's what most coaches do. Well, like it does work, it gets people ready, but also kind of beats them into a bad habit. So instead we like to take it instead of a 12 week cut, it'll be like a 20 week cut, but you maintain your bad habits. Uh, that you would gain, that you would, that you would get off the gaining phase, like having the slight biscuit or being allowed to drink milk or something like that. And like all those little things we are, we're allowing into the diet just for an extra extended period to get people ready. But I suppose after, yeah, it's like after a photo shoot, you would be back to quite normal after like two weeks. Like the amount of weight that you'll gain after a photo shoot is, is unbelievable. Most of my clients gained probably six to seven kilo within the first week of their photo shoot because they're allowed to eat whatever they want. Obviously, most of it, water retention and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, I think a lot of people just see the before and after photo, but what you really should be seeing is the after-after photo, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think when it comes to fat loss as well, it very much correlates with, like, you know, when we were talking there about social media and business, and, you know, people only see the, like, inverted commas, overnight success. People only see the after before and after photo. And what they don't see is what goes into it, the daily habits, 
and how like most people listening to this podcast are like me you know they've got full-time job family you know they they don't have time like you've said yourself you're building a business at the minute you don't have time to be competing in bodybuilding shows T- being lean all year round you know takes time it's a job and it <laughs> is a job and you know even the level of lean that you probably manage to keep all year round takes a little bit of you know you're saying you need to make sure you're hitting your calories every day it takes a bit of time and effort and headspace and you yeah. have you your goals and your business whereas if you throw in three kids and a job maybe two jobs you know that can be really really unsustainable for people and I like my message would very much be to try and make people realize that you don't have to have do everything perfectly that you just need to start doing something every day towards your goals to never give up because if you take on too much and you get overwhelmed you'll give up you'll end up putting all the weight back on being back to square one, overwhelmed and disillusioned. I can't do this. And this is what happens over and over again to people. And I think the fitness industry can just do these people a disservice because they are trying to reach unsustainable goals. And it doesn't mean you can't be in really good shape by just having a normal life and just having a bit of balance and a little bit of structure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I suppose that's that's why in my onboarding process as well, like a lot of people take too much on to once so when they say right okay I, i'm gonna cut my shit now new year new me on january 1st they implement their weight trainers their lemon water their calorie deficit everything all into the one and at the end of the day of january 1st they're like jesus this takes a lot like i couldn't be bothered and they, then they give up again but as you said instead just take one thing on at once and that's why in the onboarding process they'll firstly get the workout program on the first day and then they'll just like we'll wait a week or so and then we'll implement the meal program and then We'll wait another week or so and then we'll start talking about like daily habits or, or supplement changes or anything like that. But I think what a lot of people do is when, especially when they don't go with a coach or they just go with themselves and without that information that you don't need to do too much in order to make a change, you could just do the slightest little thing, like 10,000 steps a day. It could dramatically change your appearance and obviously how you're working towards your goals. Yeah. And it's a really good message that you've given there as well about your own journey that you're like, okay, you've done, you know, you've. We'll talk about the competitions in a minute that, that you did um, as a teenage bodybuilder. And now you're like, I want to build size. So what most guys, so um, I know, as again, I keep referring to the fact that, you know, my listeners would have teenage sons or whatever that are probably going to the gym and they go in and they're skinny and they're self-conscious and they're probably following your videos and learning how to do the different movements and stuff. But they're like, I'm so fucking skinny. I want to build size. And you hear it again and again of young guys starting to take steroids to try and get bigger and what I like about your message is you're like okay next two years I'm just building two years like and if people like then if we take that to women with fat loss if we were like okay over the next two years I'm going to get myself into relatively lean shape think of what we could do if we just took that approach you're like okay I need, I need to be patient I need to eat my feckin' 4,000 calories a day I'm not jealous at all I swear <laughs> um, <laughs> God, I actually know it's funny because I was I was going through a muscle building phase myself and I had to eat 2,970 calories. And I must say, I did not feel good on it. It was hard. And I always like, I love my food. That's, yeah. like, that's a lot of calories, especially obviously for like females and all that, and how yeah. active you are. If you're like, if you're sitting at a desk and go gym and you've consumed 2,900 calories, like it's different, obviously, if you were moving around a lot or if you had yeah. to do eight spin classes in one day, you could probably you probably relate to that 2,900 calories and say, okay, I want to eat. But if you find yourself sitting around or if you're collecting the kids from school or if you're just doing general work, 2,900 calories, they shit on. Yeah, no, it was a lot. But um, yeah, so, but my point, I suppose, really was like, no, I've actually taken it back down because we're coming into summer. I'm like, I don't want to feel bloated for the summer. So I'm back. I've, I've taken it back down a bit. I might look into it, but I probably don't think as I build, I probably look to build muscle again through the winter, but I won't go up that high i think i've, I've felt really good on about 2600 um yeah but my oh sorry were you gonna say yeah. no 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 i just said yeah, yeah go ahead you were you were talking more so about the the long like, term yeah so basically yeah. like the message that you're giving is it takes a long time to do that to do it right and i think that's a really really healthy message to give to young guys do you want to just talk a little bit about the mindset around patience with 
body composition, I suppose, and goals in general. Yeah, I, I suppose if you if you have yourself a set deadline with and it's too short, you you, you tend to take on too much yet again. So if I if I give someone a goal or if I even give myself a goal, eight weeks time, I need to shred ten kilos and I need to be in relatively good shape. It's definitely not enough, first of all. So when I see my first week's check in, I'm gonna say, Okay, well I'm only zero point five kilos down. So in on average, I'm definitely not gonna reach this goal. So that's when you start taking on more, you start doing an extra half an hour of cardio, you start to beat your calories by 300, you start taking on more daily habits, whether it be in morning, evening, lunchtime, walk, cutting out some meals, cutting out dessert or whatever it may be. And then when you see that goal of like uh, eight kilos so soon, it kind of panics you. And that's when you start to do too much too soon. And that's when you end up actually just fucking up your goal even more. So the people that take on too much either end up in really good shape, of course, but with really bad habits. Or they end up even worse than when they started because they just couldn't maintain these things. So that's why I say I, I want all my followers, not only my followers, my clients and all to take things slowly. Like we never want to look at the, of course, we want to set small goals as well for eight weeks time, but eight weeks time isn't supposed to be your before after photo. Eight weeks time is supposed to be your habit change or supposed to be you even getting up out of the fucking bed. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose what I'm saying is two years of a gaining phase. That's that's allowing me to fuck up constantly because not everyone's perfect. I'm go, I've on my diet the past 15 weeks. I've probably fucked up at least six times. That's normal. But if I had a goal for only 12 weeks time, I would have been so far past that goal. I'm never going to achieve it because I had these fuck ups. So the reason I allow two years to gain as much tissue as I want, mainly because I want to get bigger because I I look like a child on the stage. Well, mainly because I was a child, but. It's more so just to gain as much muscle and allow fuck ups because it's my first ever proper gaining phase. So I'm going to allow myself to kind of ease in and adapt to the new habits and, and really not put too much pressure on myself. Yeah, no, it's such a healthy uh, mindset to have towards it. And what, what I wanted to ask you about as well was your, I watched your YouTube video there um, before this conversation um, that you did with your group of guys. So you took, so this was a group coaching um, I, I, I'm going to get you to give me more information. I, just from what I could tell from watching it, a, gr- a group of guys that you took, you coached, and it was like they all came together, did did a photo shoot. So you worked with them online, everyone lit from all over the place, got together, did a photo shoot um, at a certain date all together, and then there were prizes. So there was a winner, a second place, and a third place. And um, I'll let you tell me a bit about that because I'm sure I'm not telling it right at all. But what I thought was really nice about this, because what I do with my clients is very much we build. I have a community, a community of women. And there's lots of female coaches who have built these communities. And women are fantastic at building community and rally, r- rallying around each other. But men also supportive so women are, aren't they? What? I said women are also supportive, like regardless what you do. It's like even on Instagram posts and all like, oh my God, gorgeous girl. You'd never see a lad saying that whatsoever. Yeah, women are so supportive of each other in general. I know there's the other, there's other types of people as well. But, you know, in general, women with a positive mindset, like it's amazing what they can do for each other. And it, like it's it's so easy to create a really nice community. Whereas I think you've managed to do that with young guys, which is fantastic. And it's such in such a healthy way rather than just going to the pub because a lot of guys is oh they just get together this weekend go to the pub whereas this is a really kind of a healthy way to chat to channel um i suppose community um, within young men so do you want to tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah. that experience definitely what what i what i kind of aimed for is the thing with young men of course they have to deal with the fact of if they're around 2021 20, if you skip out on a pub session like if your mates ask you to the pub if you don't go you're a, a bitch or you're a you're no fun or there's there's some sort of slagging that kind of forces them into it. Uh, so around the community you have is like, have you, has your mom ever told you like you are who you hang around with? And that's yeah. especially the case with like 20, 21, even all the way up 30 year olds. You, you don't know how childish still people are, but like if they're going to the pub or if they have mates to go to the pub, the chances are they're going to end up in the pub. So the main, the main focus I had with this community of young males, I do have a female group as well. And let me just tell you, the female group is so much more active. But the, the male yeah. group is more so just because fat loss, muscle gain can be a very lonely process and not a lot of, a lot of people can relate to you. Uh, so not having the people around you to kind of keep driving you forward is, is something that's going to take your progress from good to great. So the focus around the community is to a point where you can achieve your fitness goals and you can skip out on all these pub sessions and you're still going to have a group of lads as, and like as mates, like I just call us family 
that we can kind of relate to each other and we can say, oh, I skipped down the pub today. Oh, me too. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's having a crack and everyone's just buzzing for their next gym session as opposed to their next Saturday night fucking drinking session. Do you know what I mean? So as mentioned, touching on, like it's, it's a very lonely process. So what they have to deal with on a daily basis is would you ever take a break from the gym? Like you don't have to be such a gym head or like, oh, would you stop being so lazy and like come out to the pub? Whereas in the group, they don't have to deal with that. They're like, everyone's just talking about the gym. Everyone's obviously it's not that like, uh, it's not that focused, but everyone talks about recipes and like health. And like, we even have a general chat about football and all as well. Like, obviously it's not that strict, but it's, I just think the community is the, is the game, game changer. Yeah. It makes such a difference, especially at that age, that early twenties age, where it is very much like going against the general crowd is a really hard thing to do. Like, you know, I'm in my thirties now. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. live the life I want to lead and I, I I now understand that that attracts the right people around you whereas like I think back to that age and like that I did spend every weekend in the pub and it is what most young people do and there's not like there's nothing wrong with that if it's if you know it as long as it leads to you kind of becoming who you want to be eventually you know everyone has to find their own path and their own place and um, but just to that when you are interested in health and fitness and I remember getting into fitness before and people being like oh you know like you, oh, you don't want to lose too much weight or, oh, you don't, oh, you're getting a bit obsessed now. And when someone tells you you're yeah. getting obsessed and then, and I was so unsure of myself back then. I was like, oh God, am I getting obsessed? Or maybe I should, yeah, maybe I'll just go out tonight then I won't go, you know? And I was so <laughs> insecure in myself at the time that I wasn't, but then I, like there wasn't that online community and I think things are changing and you can see it in Go Gym and I'm sure any gym that you go to, there's a, there's groups of young people now that go to the gym as a social event. Like, you know, Go gym on a Monday night is like it's so. That that honestly, it's it's crazy as well. Like they're all coming in their school uniforms and all, and like I I love that as well. Now don't get me wrong, they're probably out in the pub every weekend as well, but at least they're involved in some of this kind of like fitness lifestyle of like, uh, regardless whether it's gathering around benches with eight people and not allowing me to get on it, that's fine. But uh, yeah, I suppose just mainly just mainly having a fitness environment and the fact that it's like a, a meetup point at this stage is so cool. Like I love that. Yeah, yeah. I know I know it can be really annoying for other gym goers when there's groups of teenagers. <laughs> of course, all jokes aside, I, I think it's a really positive thing. And I think the information that we're exposed to now that like I didn't have at your age is making a huge difference for, for people to be able to kind of go for what they want to do, find their tribe, find the people that are interested in what they're they're interested in and going for it rather than just taking the long road to figuring out who they are. It's just, it, it's yeah, really, really yeah, definitely. And, and Go Gym's a prime example as well, because there is like a, there is like a load of young guys in there. And there's been a couple of times as well, I've been in the change rooms and I've just been like on my phone or whatever. And I just hear, yo, it. <laughs> and then I like look up yeah. and there's like a load of guys and all. But like, I've had, yeah, I've had a lot of great conversations with them. And unfortunately, of course, they are exposed to the fact of like, should you be taking steroids at such a young age and stuff like that? And I'm, I'm just glad that I was at least there to give my opinion on it to a point where, they follow my page and stuff like that. So just setting a prime example that you don't need enhancements in order to achieve some form of goal. Yeah, yeah, because it can it can be really dangerous, obviously. Um, <laughs> what are the other, so apart from, you know, the misconceptions around taking steroids and what should they be taking and this, what are the common mistakes that you see young guys take, make? I'm, I'm going, going a lot with the young guy kind of side of things because I obviously talk a lot about women and stuff. So it's interesting to just hear from different side. Yeah, you know, I think as well as obviously enhancements and then supplements and stuff like that, I think a big question around the fitness industry is just like a lot of young guys thinking that you have to lift heavy weight in order to get a good result. So there's been a lot of people uh, that I've seen in multiple different gyms that are just so focused on pushing as much weight as possible and eventually going down the line of injuring themselves and taking themselves out of sports and stuff like that. And I think what they need to understand, and that's what a big thing I prioritize mentioning in my videos, is that you don't need this in order to progress. Like you can lift your tiny little weights and they might call them girly, but they're the weights that are actually going to help progress. And I, I think there's a big stigma around males that the way they have to lift heavy, like they have to be that alpha male that's going to bench 100 kilos when in reality, I can't do it and I don't care. <laughs> and I've never tried to do it. Well, I have tried to do it, but like that was when I was in my ego phase, when I was even mad as well. But I think when you can finally bite the bullet of saying, okay, well, it's not about the weight. It's more so just about form and just like controlling the reps and all that type of thing and, and focusing on the diet. 
I think that's when your progress really changes and you start under understanding the main fundamentals of fitness. Yeah, and just the importance of form, keeping everything really in position and slowing everything down. And it's so funny, like I'm, I'm doing biceps at the minute, like and I will say, I think my arms are really taking great shape, but I'm literally on the five kilo dumbbells and I'm like doing inclined bicep curls and I'm feeling like a bodybuilder with my fives, like the lat, like I'm doing like 15 reps and like rep 12, 13. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like feeling proper pumped with my fives. Well, like you correct me if I'm wrong, oh, yeah. like do you have so much respect? Like if you saw... Uh, male, female, it doesn't matter. If you saw a male, female doing bad form, three reps, grunting, just trying to impress themselves, like your ego. Or like, would you would you mainly have respect for the person that's using a really small weight where you can see that they're really focusing on form and they're pushing their limits? Like, oh, I have so much respect. Even for yeah. you with your five kilo dumbbells, I'm like, respect her for, for yeah, pushing her limits. And like, not letting the ego get there. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. <laughs> yeah, but and um, to be honest, like working in the gym or just being in the gym, I find it very, very difficult to see someone do something, re- you know, like doing stupid shit in the gym. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way. And I'll tell you why I find it really difficult to watch. So just say if you're watching someone deadlift with really bad form or you're watching someone like, let's say, do pull downs and like liking your video and they're flying up and back down and, you know, eh, like and you're looking at it <laughs> and you're like, maybe not that, maybe not the pull downs as much, but more kind of like watching people deadlift or bent over row where it's really bad back. And obviously as a coach, you want to go over and be like, oh, this is what you need to do. But I also remember what it's like to be a really self-conscious person in the gym. And yeah. if like I remember when I first started in the gym a long time ago, if someone had come over to me to correct my form, I actually would have been so mortified. I'd never have come back. So it's yeah. kind of what do you do in that situations? And I, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, especially with young guys. But what I've noticed in Goja, which is amazing is some of the older guys will come over and help out the younger guys and they're kind of learning from them. And I think mm. that's really positive rather than, you know, kind of go, the go gym granny coming over and being like, oi, straighten your back. Do the, You know, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I, de- I definitely agree with that. And I can relate that as well. Like I remember the first time, the first time I ever went to a public gym was the first time I actually went for a trial day in, in go gym to get the job. And the first time training in public gym, I was just looking around and I was like, this is a bit different to my shed because like, obviously no one's looking at you. And I, I just remember being so like insecure and like, I'm not sure if I'm doing anything right and all. Um, well, like obviously I had a bit of understanding of fitness at the time because I was just out of college and stuff like that. But it was more so just being in the new environment of especially new equipment. Like you can be so educated. But even when I first came to Dubai, I'm training in, in Benoofs, which you've probably seen. It's like one of the biggest gyms in the world. But when I walked in there, even me, like fully qualified personal trainer and like successful online coach, I'm looking around and I'm like, what the fuck are these equipment? And I'm looking at the instructions of things and I'm like, okay, well, how do I use that? And I'm making a show of myself. But I think what people have to embrace is like, that's part of the process. And like, I think just find it funny. Don't be too insecure. And like, if you ever do feel too insecure, you don't know a piece of equipment or something. Like I even went up to a trainer in Venus and I was like, here, listen, I have a clue how to use that. And they just yeah. show you. Like, I think what a lot of people need to understand is especially trainers in the gym it's kind of their job and they when someone asks you how to do something it kind of boosts like your confidence i think like there's been a lot of people have asked me how to do let's just say how to use a certain piece of equipment and i get so happy because i'm like it's like someone's trusting me do you know what i mean so yeah. what people have to understand is that like you a lot of people are actually willing to help people in the gym and they actually are honored to do it yeah most people are and that's it anyone anyone who's working in the gym or any personal trainers working in the gym will be only delighted to help you and but even if you know there's no trainers around you and you don't know how to use a machine or you're not sure about your form or whatever and um, asking someone that you see there regularly someone who goes to the gym regularly even if they're not qualified are going to be really really happy to help like they're going to be delighted that they you know have the expertise to tell you that and um, obviously you need to be careful who you're taking advice from but you know like it was lovely. I remember one day I was in the elite section and I was doing my um, seated leg curls and I could see there was a teenage boy over doing, there were two teenage boys doing RDLs over the squat racks and, um, you know, their form wasn't terrible, but, you know, it needed a little bit of work. And there was an older guy oh, kind of over to the left of them and, you know, he could see the two of them talking to each other and trying to give each other tips in the form. And he went over and he showed them exactly what to do. And like, I swear to God, I nearly cried. I just thought it was lovely. I was like, please don't cry. And then I couldn't cry. Crying because of the leg curls, I swear. <laughs> no, but it was really, really lovely to see. And I think, yeah, just that openness needs to be there. And I think that's something that your content really does is that openness of 
Like no one knows what they're fucking doing. It's okay to ask. And, you know, if you are trying to lift, I love how you make the people trying to lift lo- loads of weight look like fucking idiots. Like back to that video that you did where you're doing the pull downs and you're flying up or whatever you're hanging from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the amount of people you see doing that, oh my God. Oh, it's crazy. Like, and I think, uh, I, I'm not sure if you've ever been in, in any other gyms apart from like Go Gym. Go Gym's amazing. And there's like a lot of people that in there that actually know their shit. But when you go to another gym, like uh, whatever, Fly Fit or something like that, more of like a, I don't know what the name of the gym is. It's it. Well, anyway, for let's just say Fly Fit for an example, you see a lot of stuff that is like, it's, you can really tell that people are following just like ego mindset, just trying to lift as much weight as possible. And there's, I don't think there's one person I've ever seen helping someone out. And I think that's what needs to be brought into the gym. And that, a good thing that you mentioned as well is asking someone that's a regular, because a good kind of community you build in the gym is saying hello to that one person that always goes to the same time at the same gym as you. It's yeah. like, it's really funny because you end up building like a really good friendship or relationship or whatever. It is changing, I think, definitely. Um... For sure. And just making, I suppose, for everyone to make sure they're following the right people. And this goes, this goes very much for women as well, that, you know, someone might have bought an online program, might be kind of unsure of what they're doing. And it just to get to know the people in your gym and just and ask and ask the staff and uh, if you're unsure. And another thing that people need to, uh, there's a big difference between people, you know, setting up their giant tripods to film videos or whatever. But setting up, like I would often, if I'm deadlifting, let's say, I'll set up my phone against my water bottle far enough away so that I can film myself deadlifting so I can see my form and people need to not be afraid to do that because I think that's such an important part if you are training by yourself and you're not with a coach you know even if you're not with a coach once a week and there's no one to check your form that you just get get your phone out and that's huge it's it's like honestly it's like that that's the most important thing as well as uh, as I've mentioned before it's not about weight it's not about even progressive overload the main the main thing is it's just form and I suppose any of your clients or any of even my clients that are listening to this, it's like, this is why you need to take advantage of coach as well. Or more so even people in the gym and just check if your form's okay. Like even uh, an instructor in the gym will happily help you. But more so just perfecting form. If you ever have a question, it's like, it's, it's as easy as just taking a video, sending it to a coach or showing it to an instructor yeah. and they'll help you. And something so little can change your progress just like that. And that's why I love, obviously, the, the community that we based around, like the Facebook group and all, especially for my clients. It's like everyone shows their form checks and everyone, like it's to a point where even some of my clients can help the clients. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like sort of yeah. something little can be changed and it just makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. And I think it's something that people your age are much more comfortable doing in the gym. And it's, it's something about kind of people 30 plus are a bit like, oh, no, I look real vain if I'm making a video of myself in the gym or whatever. And it's like, no, you're not trying to take your fitness seriously you're making a video you're going to send it to me or to your coach or whoever it is or even just to look at yourself so that you know you're like oh my back actually was straight there or you know that my knees were kind of where they're supposed to be and makes a huge difference so anyway before we finish up I just wanted to talk a little bit about a bit more about your bodybuilding so a lot of my listeners won't know anything about bodybuilding as I didn't really know much before, apart from like obviously the common kind of misconceptions people have around bodybuilding and physique, and you know, I don't even know the fucking difference. Like you can tell me the difference, <laughs> but you got into that as a teenager, obviously be- with your dad, and you entered competitions. Right. But this wouldn't been through lockdown, am I right? Yeah, my first ever competition was lockdown, and it was actually a virtual competition as well. It was all done online, which was crazy because it was my first ever competition, and I was like. I didn't really ideally want to do a virtual because I feel like obviously cameras don't show your your skill and like what you put into it as much. But I was obviously grateful to have the opportunity to do it. But yeah, I think I was, what age was I? I think I was 17 when I done that competition. But I actually was allowed to enter the men's as well because like obviously it's it's not like it's unfair or anything like that. If a men entered a teen competition, that would be unfair. But like since I was 17, I asked, could I enter the males? Because obviously I saw there wasn't a whole lot of people on it. There was only like 10 people. So I said, why not? But um, I ended up winning the teens and the men's and the first timers as well, all, all in the street. So I was delighted with that. But I think there was, there, I didn't feel like I deserved it because it was all online. So I said, right, well, I'm going to set a new goal for myself. I said, right, when before I turn 20, I'm 100% competing in like an in-person show. And I done, I picked two different competitions. So I said, this is definitely my last cut for the next two years. As I mentioned, I'm gaining for two years. So I said, I would rather bash as much out as I could. And it turns out that two shows that I really wanted to do within these certain amount of time 
we're only like six days apart. So I said, I could probably maintain it in between. So first I went to RABBS in Limerick. That was a big show up. Like that was a, a very competitive lineup. Like people were What does that stand for? RBBFF? Oh, honestly, I don't even know. I think it's like Republic of Ireland Federation Bodybuilding. I, I don't even know. Yeah. All I know um, is, all I know it's is. It's an Irish bodybuilding thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay. one of the big, it's, I think it is, if not the biggest Irish Federation of Bodybuilding. Um, okay. I think it's Republic Ireland Bodybuilding Federation, something like that. But anyway, yeah. um, I went into that. I came third in that, which I was very happy with. Like, I think what a lot of people need to understand is it's not all about winning. It's kind of just the experience. So I was happy that my main show that I wanted to do well in was in London, the Miami Pro. I didn't have a lot of posing experience. I wasn't like used to the, the kind of fright of when you get up on stage. It's so scary because it was such a big arena. Um, so I was glad that RIBBF fell first. So I went into RIBBF. I came third. I was very happy with it to a point where I could get a medal as well as the experience. And then I maintained that for six days, which was the hardest thing I've ever done. Because obviously before a show, you have to water deplete, carb load, uh, which obviously involves intaking a lot of calories that aren't on your diet. So when I'd done that in order to carb up for that show, it, it immediately fucked me over for the six days in between because obviously I had to deplete those calories back down to normal. And it was just kind of very harsh in the body. And I was feeling very sick at the time. And so that's why I, I always say on my content as well that you should never stay that lean for a certain period of time. It's actually healthy to always kind of go back up to a, a manageable weight to a point where you can enjoy your life. Like I was walking around lightheaded. And I remember some of the guys saying it to me in Gym as well. They were like, you, you actually look sick. Because obviously I was training there before I flew to London. And they were like, you actually look sick. And I was like, thank you, because I thought they were saying, like, sick, like, look, and they were like, no, you, you look physically sick. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, You're like, I am. Like, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like, I'm fucking dying here. I was like trying to do cardio, like, you can, but anyway, that's a, a topic for another day. But yeah, well, I flew to London anyway, and that was the best experience of my life. The, the London show was amazing. All the staff were lovely and stuff like that. And that experience was amazing. A lot of meta, I, I met a lot of like-minded people. And a lot of actually coaches that were actually on uh, one of Sean Casey's courses as well. I met a load of people anyway, but it was a great experience. And that one I won. Uh, the, so I went into the men's physique. And I think I was 19, as far as I know. And I won that one. That was just the, the amateur. And then they asked me as well. They were like, right, well, the pro's on tonight. So since you won, you got a pro card. So I got a pro card for Miami Pro. So I said, okay, well, will I uh, or... It was kind of like that self-belief thing. I was like, am I good enough? And I said, right, fuck I'm actually going to show up. I uh, showed up anyway, and I ended up winning the pro show that night as well. So it was kind of, Amazing. it was a bit of like a surreal moment, like walking out with two trophies as opposed to like six days before walking out with a third place medal. Uh, it was like a completely different feeling. And that's when I walked out and I was like standing on the stage and people were like acknowledging my physique and like, you know, congratulating me for such a well-structured plan that I had stuck to that got me to that condition. I think walking it with those two trophies and like compliments and stuff like that, I said, I said, right, this is what I want to do. And I think in two years time as well, I will push it a bit further and maybe go to Arnold Classic or something like that. But I have to walk in with the, the case of knowing that I probably won't place, but that's the beauty of it. Oh, interesting. And look, I'm going to ask a really stupid question. So you go over and you, you're doing the amateur one. Then what's the, dif what's the difference between amateur and pro? Like, I know, obviously, when we talk sport, yeah. amateur and pro, people make money from it. But, like, it, is it like a qualification that you get? Yeah, so amateur, obviously, you're, you're, you're based around anyone. Anyone can compete in it. It could be first time or you could be bodybuilding for six years, anything. But as soon as you get a pro card, you can't compete in an amateur show, meaning that it's kind of like... Uh, oh, you like, have to. You know, in football, there's like an A and B team. So if you get brought up to the A team, A teams can't play B teams because like it's, yeah. it's considered unfair as such. Uh, but when I got the pro card, that's like immediately I'm not allowed to compete in any other amateur federation linked in with that. So then I'm only allowed to compete with the real deal. Obviously, uh, everyone, there's still people in great shape in the, the amateur ones. But I think when you go up to that pro show, you really see, you really start to see like people taking certain enhancements and, you know, I'm talking about when I say that, but yeah. it's like, what it's like, there's a big dramatic jump. And I remember going into there and I think the reason they said that I won is not because I was in the best shape. It was more so because I, I kind of portrayed myself best on stage i had the confidence and i i had a really good uh posing routine and that was the main reason i won so it just shows that there's a lot more that goes into it as opposed to just especially for women as well in bikini 
they have to go through a load of posing routines. And I think that's the most important part. It's not even their condition. It's more so their posing. Yeah, it's just an absolutely fascinating world to me like that. Um, I knew so little about not not a world that I ever want to really ever get into myself. But I do like I, I'm at the minute I'm reading the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger encyclopedia of bodybuilding. I'm like, I need to understand more about this because I just obviously as a trainer, you know, I'm, you know, I've done the CrossFit level one. I've done my PT course. I'm like, you know, I like to learn different areas of fitness. And obviously I'm surrounded by a lot of it in Gotem and I'm I'm interested and there's certain aspects to that style of training that I'm really enjoying at the minute and it's really changing my body shape. I don't ever intend to kind of go down the road of competing or like I'm, I don't want to be that lean either. I'm not willing to, not willing to give up my food that I love. But it, I do find the mindset fascinating. I find the whole process fascinating. So what I'd love to know is what, like, what do you get out of it? But like, you know, because... And for anyone who doesn't know, obviously the sacro, like, you know, it's fine, you know, the training and the eating and stuff as you're building. And then it's like serious restriction. It's like, like, as you say, it takes over your life. You can't, like, you wouldn't be able to do this and run a business at the minute because it's so all consuming. And from reading what Arnold has to say about it, it really like it's all consuming for that level. What makes it worth giving up everything else for? Um, I think that's where it's like the make or break. A lot of people say, is it worth it or is it not? And that's where a lot of people compete their first show and they say, fuck that, I'm never doing again. So like they have this idea that it's going to be so glamorous. It's going to be a great journey and stuff like that. But even photo shoots as well, it goes with photo shoots. But most people do their first one and they're like, nah, I could never do it again. It took up too much time of your life. And not only that, it's expensive because the foods you eat, you can't be eating like 50 cent rice crispy bears. You have to go and eat chicken breasts from the butchers. And a lot of people don't really understand how much time and investment it takes up, not only with money-wise, but as well as time. Because like meal prep and food, it's not like you can just go down to Super Value and just cook a ready-made meal. It has to be completely tracked. There could be no sauces in it, you know what I mean? And I suppose that's the make or break. Like I suppose when I got into it, the only thing I got out of it was the challenge. I love challenging myself and that's why, hence the reason I worked 80 hours in order to try to challenge myself to get here because I know in the future, even if I failed business or even if I failed uh, competition, I came last place. I think at the end of it, I could just say, well, at least I tried. And I think that's my biggest fear is not trying something that I really want to do. So I think my first show, and I think it really came into the, the London one. I said, this is what I'm really trying to work towards. It's my goal. And the challenge was hard, but I enjoyed it because I overcame it. And I, and I proved my body wrong that I can easily get past it and, well, achieve something that I never thought I would before. So when I gave myself that bit of confidence, I said, you know what? I walked out of the competition. I had my donut and I said, you know what? Would I do it again? Yeah, 100%. But it would be soon. As I said, two years, max. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose pushing your lim- pushing yourself to the limits and just realizing that you're able to do more. Um, and I would say a lot of your discipline that you've gotten from doing these shows really kind of has helped you in your business mindset and staying disciplined, working towards those goals. Like I presume they're pretty much parallel. Yes, they're all linked in. And I, I suppose when you build that discipline, even from the gym, and that's why I say uh, to a lot of people as well, there was one guy, uh, he's a client of mine, we were on the consultation call yesterday. And he said the main reason he started the gym is to build the discipline in order for him to perform better and work where a lot of people don't really even look at the bigger picture. It's like, no matter what you do in life, you can always learn something new from the gym. And it's not about form checks. It's not about building a good body. It's more so discipline and sticking to a routine that, you know, kind of takes a strong mindset. So a lot of people, when they start the gym, they perform better at work. They perform better at home, whether maybe with kids and all, because they like the focus, they have the discipline. And I just think it just creates an entire healthier lifestyle. So I feel like when I go to the gym, I get a lot more work done, even though it takes an hour and a half, two hours out of my day. I feel like when I come home, I can sit down, I can be happy with myself. And I suppose I'm just sitting there just saying, okay, well, I've, I've done what I need to do today. And it took a lot out of me, but I'm, I'm ready to go for more. So I think if I don't go to the gym and I skip it, I just sit my sit around beating myself up for the day. Yeah. What does the future look like for Troy? What oh, it's huge. Oh, it's huge. I think, I think it's going to be another era podcast lending onto this for the goals, but more so just stay just, tuned for part two okay. <laughs> i think more so just just sticking to what i'm doing and, and just doing it even better so um my second coach is being hired next week for the the trials of coaching so i'll have my second coach coming on board that's mainly gonna 
space around accountability calls and stuff like that, because uh, what a lot of people need to understand is that like how much work goes into it when it's program development, weekly check-ins, everything's tracked to a T to a point where it's gotten too much for me. Uh, if I want to actually have a life, I'm going to need some help. So I'm going to hire some expertise in terms of accountability to help me obviously provide the best service for my clients. And then as well as that, I think it's just more so just scaling the business as much as I can to a point where I can hopefully uh, move my mother and father to Dubai because I can't deal with them uh, and my dog. Uh, it, it's kind of hard. So that's my next goal. That's my and will they come? Do you think they'll come? Would they like I think to they'll do Dubai? I think they'll do anything to be around me. Oh, that's so lovely. And that's it. Now, I'd love to hear that you're looking to get more balance as well, because I know you've worked so hard and you deserve all of the successes that you're experiencing now from all your hard work. But it is important at the end of the day to not lose yourself in it as well. And family and friend, close friends are the most important thing as well. Um, and to have that balance and time for you is really important. So exactly. on that note, last question. What does the word health mean to you? Health. Health. Mm. I think putting you on the spot. I'll talk. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I, th I think I think health is more so just uh, being the better version of yourself. To me, it, it means just being the better version of yourself and kind of living your life to the limits and as well as, as, as taking advantage to the things around you, whether it may be my form tips on my Instagram page, which you should follow me on. And then as well as that, more so just kind of just being the best version of yourself and trying to push your body to the limits, whether it may be fat loss or whether it may be just trying to build the best sculpted version and being as confident as possible. So I think health is me lying on a beach, being able to take off my top and not being insecure. I think that's what my health is. Lovely. Where can people find you if they want to follow you or they want they're, they're interested in your coaching or just want to check you out? You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, absolutely everything, uh, Trojan Fitness. And then if you're looking on my coaching page, it's Trojan Coaching. Okay, brilliant. Troy, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Learned lots. Me too. I love it. Thank you very much for having me on. See you guys later. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did. So before I finish up, I just want to say a few quick words on my eight week Nourish, Move and Shine program. So the Nourish, Move and Shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies. So busy mums, busy professionals, a mix of both. Um, with individual check-ins each week, it has all the perks of the one-to-one -one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching. So it really is win-win. Um, so I'm a busy working mum of three myself. So I know the challenges that you face. I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself. Sometimes it can feel impossible. So um, I do get it. Um, it is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives. So anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a re refocus. It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. I don't believe in meal plans. And it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, at home or gym based workouts, whichever you prefer. You'll have four work workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge, important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. Um, you will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um, great community. One-to-one -one support through email and WhatsApp. So you'll have access to me one-to-one -one on WhatsApp and, um, and email as well. Fun challenges throughout the eight weeks, measurements and progress checks every four weeks. So we don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week. We do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week? And I don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week. But you will have your weekly check-in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week. So there is no hiding from me. Uh, there's no hiding in this program, but you will always be met, met with kindness, understanding and never judgment. I don't take that drill sergeant approach, but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals. So if you're interested, contact me on any of my social media, um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Kate Hamilton Health. There's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well, where you can actually sign up 
And um, you can also do so on my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com. So it runs every eight weeks throughout the year. So then as I'm recording this, we are going into the current one on the 10th of July. But there will also be a program starting early September and again in late October. So there'll be there'll be two more programs after. the So there'll be July, September and end of October will be the last for this year. And we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon. Thank you.